you know western parlance time is looked upon as animate uh, sorry inanimate yeah. so time can be bought and sold but actually time is sentient and so we need to start yeah. respecting time as a sentient being who has much more capabilities than we can possibly imagine and possibly yeah. develop in any uh, in the near future at least um and so we, it really has to come from a place of respect Namaste. Welcome to the second season and the first episode of season two of the Kendra Maya podcast with Maharukayu. Thank you for joining us. Pleasure as always. Awesome. Uh, so today's topic has been voted for by our community on Facebook uh, called Master Communication. for work life balance and mm-hmm. we have a lot of members and they have voted this topic out of the three topics so we're going to talk about how to manage time stress free and today's episode is going to be packed with power packed with great well i don't know if it's great but it is power packed with content and uh, it would be great if people are going to find value in it so do uh, you know drop us your questions or your comments if you do on youtube because this is where you'll probably see it first uh, it will also be on mm-hmm. spotify and apple uploaded as a audio file uh, but for the content that we're presenting here you need a visual um screen so it has to be seen so if you're listening to this on spotify or apple then please check out the youtube video uh, of the same name uh, because that has the graphic behind the words that you're going to listen to right now. Yeah. All right. So and apologies we... for uh, those who connected on Facebook. Uh, we were supposed to go live through Facebook, but apparently uh, technology is not really on our side for today. Yeah. This is why um yeah, you need humans to to preserve life though. You can't bestow your faith in machines completely. No. So yeah. apologies for those who were waiting for the facebook link but yes we'll compensate for the lack of uh technical prowess with this uh, power pack presentation that we have today indeed yes uh yeah apologies indeed uh, we will make room for having a live event in the next episode or something of that sort because yeah facebook has just not been coordinating with us i'll share my screen now Uh, yeah before i get in there uh, let me say that today's topic is how to manage time stress free and we are going to look at different aspects of that matter and break it down to its basic components and then we are going to look at the different meditation that can be used to accelerate one's time management abilities right Can you see my screen? I definitely can. People who will join us can as well. Yeah. 
So, in Sanskrit, as we know, um, so I'm going to basically go through some of these, uh, this mind map that we have made. And uh, Maharuka is going to also present his point of view and ask me questions. And of course, the audience is very much invited to ask us questions about this because that's what's going to help us create better and better content mm -hmm. and also help us create better courses and uh, help us know which meditations to put in our course and to teach and what is most necessary for the needs of the people. Yeah. Emotional needs. No, the course of the next few days, uh... We're going to have a Google form in which you can present your thoughts, your opinions, mm -hmm. and uh, whatever you suggest. We're open to suggestions. And only for those who've seen this video. Yeah. All right. So, how to manage time stress-free? In Sanskrit, uh, as we know, uh, both of us know, time is known as Kal, K-A-L, and the Sanskrit word for it in uh, Devanagari script, which I'm not mentioning here, uh, but it's called Kal. And time, let's look at what time is not at first. <laughs> so it is not something invented by humans. All right. So it is not something invented by humans. It is not uh, some sort of non-physical and non-existent thing which we humans invented just to make our lives more organized and to be able to do more work or less work or whatever, mm. have more fun or less fun. It's not something that humans made. It's uh, something that is a natural component of the way the universe works. And according to yoga, it has sentient nature, right? So it is not inanimate. It is not just a physical dimension or some sort of entity which has no awareness of itself. It has sentient nature, which means it has senses. It can experience, it can feel, it, it has agency. That's the most important thing. In yoga, time has agency because it's sentient. And we have a name for that. Uh, its masculine form is called Mahakal. That's great time, literally. And its feminine form, the feminine component of the sentient nature of time is Mahakali. That's great time, mm. but in the feminine form. So I have just now introduced you to two extremely powerful sentient beings that are existing in their masculine and feminine form as time, according to yoga. And by this introduction to these sentient beings, I have it's like introducing, you know, when we want to expand our network or if you want to make friends or, you know, want to grow and learn something. These are the teachers. These are actually equivalent to gods and goddesses in yoga. Mm -hmm. But uh, for now, let us first understand that they are sentient and time itself is not inanimate. Mm. 
Mm. Would you like to say something about that? Uh, definitely, I would like to talk about uh, the sentient nature of time, though, of Makal Makali. Basically, as uh, the old proverb goes, uh, even more so in yoga, but um, time, like everything else, is subservient to time. Mm -hmm. Time, space, the universe, <laughs> everything else is subservient to that. Mm -hmm. This is why time in itself is a constantly evolving phenomenon, so to speak. And mm -hmm. um, we shall talk more about timelines, but, uh, but I just wanted to stress upon the, the, as you mentioned, the sentient nature of time and how everything else in the universe, how everything else is underneath the spectrum of time. Mm -hmm. Time, as paradoxical as it sounds, time predates everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, time, in fact, is uh, an extremely, I mean, powerful and present entity. And when we understand that time is actually sentient, the, the aspect of time that moves things and decides things and that evolves um, and affects matter is the feminine aspect because that's the doing aspect of it and mm -hmm. she is most certainly not very merciful as we all know time is not merciful you cannot go back you know what is done is done and so in that sense time is one of the most strict taskmasters but also extremely compassionate and yeah. uh, yoga is the journey of understanding the sentient, this, this sentient being of time, how it works as well. And when we understand it, we can better know how to use it for our own exactly. growth. Moving on. Yeah. So what is time then? So I spoke a bit about its nature and a lot of people can talk about, you know, whether it's cyclical or if it's linear, etc. But we are not going to get into that because those are just... Uh, aspects of time without considering time as being animate or sentient and mm -hmm. so it's not yeah. very respectful of time so what is time time is health right so yeah. in yoga we at least siddha yoga in siddha yoga especially time is considered health because when you have infinite health you have infinite time and I think that's a really power-packed statement that Guru Pashupati says quite often uh, when he was teaching the Yoga Siddhi healing course that basically if you can heal your body and your mind infinitely, then you never run out of time because your body exactly. is the one that uh, expires. It's not the consciousness that expires. The consciousness lives on, the, 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 the vehicle just dies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this is where healing comes in. When you know how to heal yourself, you can be sure that you will have infinite time. Mm. And yeah, this is a pretty power packed statement and concept. And so we do welcome any questions on this topic. Exactly. And I want to make a rather bold statement here. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
which might rub a lot of people the wrong way. But in yoga, the firm belief is that uh, the purpose of yoga, in addition to everything else, beyond everything else, not yoga and Siddha yoga especially, is to embrace longevity, to embrace to the quest for immortality. Mm -hmm. and a lot of people would not be able to take that. And it's not our job to convince them to take that. But as the old teachings and the old masters and the ascended masters and scriptures say, you're only a yogi when you wish to go beyond the shackles of uh, death. Mm -hmm. And in today's modern day terms, longevity, extension of life, cleansing, healing, being a warrior, basically having the ability to buy time for yourself is critical in yoga. And you can only do that when mental, physical, and spiritual health is in perfect working conditions. Mm -hmm. Yes. The desire to experience infinite time would come when we actually have our basic health, mental and physical secure, because most people will not want to be having eternal time because they just imagine that their current suffering will only get replicated and magnified. Mm. So before one decides on whether or not one wants infinite time, it's a good idea to heal oneself. Um, of one's past traumas and anything that troubles us on a day-to-day -day basis to be able to come to peace. Mm. Which is why I want to pose this question to myself, to you, and to all the viewers. I mean, there's this notion that, oh, I don't want to live forever because everything's going downhill and there's so much suffering around us. But is it really true, though? Is it really the is it the suffering of the world that's making you lose your grip on your own uh, conscious activity? Mm -hmm. Or is it just you're taking up the burden of everything else onto yourself? But I'd like to ask you this question. Would you want to have infinite time on your hands? I definitely would. I would definitely you? Would. Exactly. Which is why uh, I've spoken to so many people who are like, ah, oh, no, I just want to get done with this life. And then what? Do you know what's going to happen after that? Yeah. Most people don't. There's a supposition of what might happen. But you're here, you're now. You have enough knowledge. Mm -hmm. And there's so much more to learn. And you can really go forth with this vehicle. Mm -hmm. But nobody knows, though, what happens in the supposed afterlife. Yeah. Yet people want to die because they can't take, they can't take this life for some reason. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, do they, but do they know that the life beyond this, if there is, according to them, would be a better one. No, there is way too much uncertainty surrounding death and afterlife and immortality also, exactly. which is why 
we have Siddha Yoga, which is one of the schools of immortal yoga from the Triloka Khara. But before mm. we even get into immortality, it's important for us to have a good relationship with time. Exactly. And because let's consider immortality as something far fetched now. Let's retract and get back to what we are right now, mm-hmm. keeping the past in mind with the tools we have in the present. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, vital to have a good, uh, like you said, a good connection with time. Mm-hmm. Because we are certain there's a lot of uncertainty in this world. Mm-hmm. But there's a few things that we can be certain about. If we fix our connection and our relationship to uh, time and how we perceive time and how we view time and how, like you said, the correlation of time and health, things that we can take into our own hands. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I won't... uh, derail this conversation any further we could go back to that no it's not (laughs) we're getting right to the next point which is about how we perceive time and our relationship with time which is the first matter we need to address and uh, which is also the topic of this episode so time is health in siddha yoga uh, but time can also be perceived as past present and future this is a linear way of looking at it a very human Mm. way looking at it and from this perspective of past present and future we can understand that there are actually three perspectives of looking at time and these are past present and future so just a second all right uh past is nothing but a perception of who we are so this is now through the perspective of yoga your past is what you think at the moment is who you are right i mean this is how Mm -hmm. i perceive it and i don't anymore but this is how i have used i have almost always perceived it my past is who i am is my past is what makes me and that includes all the shit and the good stuff but mostly a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the present is our perception of ourselves in relation to the other person at that moment or in relation to ourselves at that, not even in relation to ourselves. When we are alone, we understand ourselves and we perceive ourselves as, as what and who we are from our past. But the moment we are interacting with someone else, that becomes a present moment. And that is when, that is now our perception of ourself in relation to the other person. So we perceive, and this is also empathy. This is the second perspective. Guru Pashupati has talked about it to some degree in our previous episodes. And we've also talked about it uh, with Mahavukayu, how the present is our perception of ourself in relation to the other person at that moment. So what do, what does that other person think of me at this moment? And what do I think of that person at this moment? So if I'm having a conversation with a work colleague, that is the present moment about I'm discussing a project. And so in that moment, I am, my moment and my present is this project and why this, if there is a problem, so why is this problem being created? Is this person thinking of me as being less capable or is this person overestimating me? 
So your understanding of that present moment is also based on your perception of what they think of you and what you think of them. So maybe these are a bit difficult concepts to digest, but uh, do post your questions in the comments and uh, also in the Google form that we'll be passing around. We'll be very happy to receive them and respond to those questions. The third perspective, which is the higher perspective or the divine perspective, also known as, the, in this case, corresponding to the future, which is our perception of ourselves in relation to the perspective of time as a sentient being. All right, so that, let me unpack that. Our perception of ourselves, so it's not who we are, but who we think we are in relation to the perspective of time. So in this present moment, we are thinking about it in relation to the other person, but in this case, it is in relation to time as a sentient being, which is Mahakali or Mahakal. So who do we think we are in the future is based on our relationship with time. Our future is basically dependent on our relationship with time. And if we have a bad relationship, we are probably having a pretty sucky future. But if we have an abundant and flowing and positive and irradiating relationship with time as a sentient being, our future can be as flourishing as we want it to be. It can even be infinite. Mm -hmm. Because time and death are closely related, right? So let me give an example. Um, if, we if we want to grow our career in whatever sector we are, if we have a bad relationship with our work environment or with our time at work, if you're having a pretty bad uh, you know, setup, there's too many deadlines, there's work piling up all the time, then you don't really imagine yourself having a future at that company. Or if even if you do imagine such a thing, it is a very, very bleak future. So your relationship with your time at work is really bad. And so your future at that workplace is also really bad, probably. Now, if you have a great relationship with time, your time at work, and you're able to manage everything well, you're delivering on deadlines, you are even being proactive about what should be done next, and you have great work relationships, then you probably have a pretty good relationship with time. And you can see your future there and it's glowing and abundant and flourishing and you probably become a board member or you become a partner at the company. It can be anything. It's infinite. There is no limit to how much you can grow. Mm. And so that's the future. All right. Do you want to comment on that? No, fairly clear though. Um, this is uh, how we break down time from our own human perception of it. Mm -hmm. Past, present, future. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think it's, uh, I try to explain it also from our current understanding of time and in relation to yoga, how that connects with each other. So what is stress?
stress is nothing but two opposing forces on a subject. Stress is nothing but two opposing forces on a subject. And of course, in this case, the subject is you. So if there are two competing priorities in your life, they're putting you in opposite directions, then you're probably having a tough time managing everything, especially those two priorities. So for mm. example, if you want to spend more time on your health and getting fit, physically fit, let's say, uh, but you also need to make a living and deliver on your deadlines at work. So you don't have time to work out at all. So these are two competing priorities. They are competing for your time and they're pulling you in opposite directions because you have not, we will come to why that's a problem, but this is an example of stress occurring because of two opposing forces. Then there's always going to be tension if there's opposing forces. Indeed, yeah, in opposite directions. Yeah. So one would be stress-free when you know what are those two opposing forces pulling you. And that requires awareness. This is an example that I gave, but it could be something else for you that are the two opposing forces pulling you apart. In other, okay. in other words, what are the decisions you have not made in relation to your priorities? So the way you can be stress-free is if you made decisions about what your priorities are. So for example, taking the same example, if you decide that I most certainly need to get my workout no matter what happens, that's a priority. And now you have made a decision and so that's it. Mm. There is no competition anymore. You will simply, after having made the decision, you have to also act upon that decision and communicate to your respective supervisors at work that I cannot take these projects. Or I cannot take these new tasks because I am unavailable. And of course, this is communication, which we will come to. But before that, we need to first understand what are our priorities and that requires Honesty, which is a really nice and simple seven-letter word, but actually <laughs> it's a quite quite a heavy duty. <laughs> Carries a lot of weight. True. Now it reminds me of a really interesting story. Mm -hmm. uh, if I could share that, especially with uh, with uh, respect to the example you gave about not having time to. To, to exercise because you're loaded and piled with work. Mm -hmm. I um, I used to have a friend back in the day. I mean, we're not in touch as much, but that guy was a business owner. He was he was a wizard when it came to designing web pages and the likes. Mm -hmm. So every time a client would come to his uh, house, uh, before they would get down to discussing business, this friend of mine used to make every client do 20 burpees and 20 push-ups. Because this friend of mine knew that he might not get time to work out. So why not mix uh, business with some uh, exercise? Hmm. Which had a spillover effect as well, 
the the client mm -hmm. would completely i mean he would be at the other guy's mercy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i mean it might not be uh, i'm not probably presenting it the right way but there was the same this common energy being shared between them before they got down to discussing business so that would kind of uh, bring them in some sort of an equilibrium serve mm -hmm. the dual purpose this friend of mine could work out even when he's uh, busy with work neck deep in work and the client with all of his highfalutin expectations could mm -hmm. get, get into a state of equilibrium and those guys could uh, get down to doing business together so i just wanted to put the story out there yeah, let's say if you're a business owner you're not getting time to work out you're an employee, you're not getting time to work out. Reward yourself with 20 burpees every time you do like two hours worth of work. And don't pick up the next assignment unless you've done it. Reward your body for all the stress you put it through. Yeah, that's a great uh, solution. I think that's excellent. Uh, would be pretty cool if people actually, um, yeah, applied this or came up with even their own creative ways of combining work and uh, workouts. Yeah, I think definitely physical workouts are extremely important for any kind of health, mental health included. Both of us practice martial arts, so we can all wish for that. All right, so honesty is what we need, but uh, how do we get there? And when people say time is running out, it's not actually time that's running out. It's the health that's running out. Yes. The time never runs out. Time is infinite, man. Time doesn't care. Yeah. Whether you live, whether you die, whether you're healthy, whether you're not healthy, whether you're eating the sugary stuff, whether you're eating healthy, doesn't matter. Time will not wait. It's you who has to accommodate to this passage of time. Mm -hmm. which brings us back to the first point of health. Time is like buying health for yourself. No, I'm sorry. Time is getting access to health. Mm -hmm. And when you're healthy, you buy time. Technically. Exactly. Even, even when you're wealthy, though, even when you have wealth, you buy time, you buy convenience. Mm -hmm. You don't have to, like, sit around putting in the extra work when you can delegate it to someone else just by paying that someone a certain amount of money. Indeed. But yeah, that's another different topic, but everything's just so closely related to time in yoga and in everyday life that I had to stress upon this. Yeah. yeah, the only thing is in most, you know, Western parlance, time is looked upon as animate, I'm sorry, inanimate. Yeah. So time can be bought and sold, but actually time is sentient. And so we need to start yeah. respecting time as a sentient being who has much more capabilities than we can possibly imagine and possibly oh. develop in any, like in the near future at least. Um, and so we, it really has to come from a place of respect. Yeah, so I'll just share my screen again. So we can. Yeah. So we have covered what time is, 
according to yoga it is not something invented by human beings it has sentient nature it even has names and a feminine masculine corresponding counterparts in yoga time is perceived as health and if one is to look at mm -hmm. linearly as past present and future then three perspectives of time are nothing but our the past is the perception of ourselves the present our perception of ourselves in relation to the other people in that moment and our future is our perception of ourselves in relation to time and time mm, not yeah. an inanimate object but as a sentient so in other words it's really important for us to cultivate an appropriate relationship with time sorry about that in order to be able to manage it and be stress free uh, which would so stress uh, is also defined in this episode and we define it as two opposing forces on you or on any object or subject and one would be stress free, free when one is able to identify the two opposing forces pulling one in opposite directions and that means nothing but knowing our priorities and then to eventually make a decision on that which requires honesty hmm. Now, the how to actually manage time stress-free. So that requires a very... Yeah, it requires a three-step process. The first is we must become honest about our priorities. Mm -hmm. Then we must make decisions based on that. And then we must communicate the decisions, which involves honesty, but also tact. So honesty without any kind of tact is just being rude. And we don't want to be rude because we do want to have that relationship if, especially in, in a work setting, we we do usually want that relationship because we need it to support us ourselves financially so in this case most certainly we need tact and then once we have communicated them and they have been received the communication has been received as we intended it to be received so we have got the outcome we wanted so for example mm -hmm. if we wanted to not get so many tasks at work and get fewer like be informed earlier about tasks and have deadlines more in the future and you know have more kind of time to meet our work tasks instead of deadlines being very close to us and just being thrown at us without any without our consent mm. then we need to know that this is an outcome that we want so we need to be able to master outcome based communication and that's what uh, the course that we teach is all about it's about mastering communication. So that's an outcome we want. And uh, it's not probably going to happen instantly. I mean, it can happen in the first try, but it probably needs some kind of feedback loop from someone who can guide another person who has experience with having done this, for example, in the workplace that uh, Nishant and I have experience with. And so after that, we would have to act upon our decisions. 
right? And before I go there, uh, Nishant, you want to say anything about these steps? No, it's fairly clear though. I mean, uh, managing to get, uh, the only thing I would like to, to, to talk about here is given my own experience, um, one needs to really sharpen the blade mm -hmm. and to act upon things. And uh, it takes a while to get used to the mundane though. One must actually systematically go through the mundane so as to have more time for what exists beyond the mundane. A lot of us people, we're just so embroiled in the mundane. We lose so much energy doing the most seemingly mundane tasks of everyday living that we are, by the time we, like by the time we are done with those, there's no storehouse of energy mm -hmm. or the uh, availability of energy. Mm -hmm. to go beyond that, mm -hmm. to transcend and to look at things which exist outside of like our spectrum of understanding the world. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it is a systematic drill that people need to practice, which uh, we shall eventually be teaching them as well, mm -hmm. both from a yogic perspective yes. and from a drill perspective. Uh, there needs to be, in order to gain more value in order to gain more time and to gain more value out of your time uh, work needs to be sincere work needs to be put in this is not something that will happen overnight this will not happen if you're not in a receptive state of mind if you're not receptive to to changing your mindset when it comes to time and uh, as you Beautifully put across, though. It's about respecting this sentient being, which is called Mahakala or Mahakali. That's all I want to say. Thank you. Um, definitely, the aspect of energy is really critical because most of us are living on a very survival based uh, mode. And so that's just the mundane things that we do every day, and that's important. Uh, but to transform and transcend and to go to the next level of our relationships and at work and in life, we would need energy, which is what we're going to look at next. So most of the time, the reason we cannot, we are in stress is also not just because we don't know what our priorities are or because we're not honest with ourselves. Let's say you are honest and you know exactly what your priorities are. Uh, you want to work out, but you also want to have a job and you also want to have a career let's say in this it doesn't always have to be contradicting each other like not at all it's just an example uh, but let's say these are for contradicting each other for a certain individual then one is aware of that and one is honest about one's priorities uh, but one does not one might get stuck in any one of these uh, steps one might not be able to make decisions or one might not be able to communicate decisions when one knows one one's priorities but still cannot communicate them or one does not have the courage to act upon the decisions once they are communicated usually once the communication has occurred and it has it has been received well then it is quite straightforward to act upon it because once you communicate to your boss that you don't want to do this and your boss is like yeah that makes sense you actually don't have the time and the 
mental space and the space on your table to take on more tasks no problem i'll give it to another employee so that's great then you have easily gone from communication to action because the communication was received well but after that to be actually acting upon those decisions in an everyday basis to meet all your priorities you need energy right yeah and that's exactly what you're talking about right and then what happens here is that we also need to understand how energy works so that we can manage our energy in order to meet our priorities we can do a separate podcast on this but i'll just give a brief introduction energy is also sentient and energy is called shakti in yoga which is literally energy shakti means energy when she when it is formless so when it's formless has is, is completely omnipresent and everywhere like everything the air this laptop my body everything is made of energy and when it's formless it is called shakti or when it has a form it has another name she has another name she is called um by someone else that we will introduce to you in another podcast episode because we already introduced you two sentient beings in this episode so let's stick to that for now so these are the steps and one needs energy and through yoga it's possible to cultivate this energy with surplus a surplus amount of energy that you can use not just for your workout for your <clears throat> actual work your job but also for your passions maybe if you want to be an author if you want to be an actor or a screenplay writer or a cartoonist or a guitarist or whatever you want to be uh, you know you can pursue your passion beyond work and your physical workout and whatever your health so health wealth and relationships right you can have extra energy that you can also use for improving your relationships spend more time with your family members or your friends uh build a startup surplus energy can be used for anything but before we do that when before we start cultivating energy one has to understand what energy is and yeah she is also sentient when she has a form uh and uh, we will look at that in another podcast episode but what we are going to look at in the rest of this episode is if you are interested in getting help with any of these steps and especially communication that ties itself very closely with decision making and honesty so to be able to be honest with yourself have an honest dialogue with yourself that's also communication have an honest communi- communication with your boss and with your other relationships and if you want to master this then we have we are teaching this in the form of guided meditations where we will teach six different meditations we will actually teach nine different meditations the first three are going to be for kind of for free because they are the most basic and we will include them here but the other six are going to be about just a second overwhelming <laughs> so the first one is about rejection 
and that meditation in that meditation you would learn how to reject other people like how to say no in an appropriate way and also how to get over rejection yourself when somebody tells you no and this we will learn by practicing the swikara kriya which is nothing but acceptance kriya that acceptance is object, opposite, opposite of rejection and this meditation will help oneself build neurological pathways so new neural connections in the brain uh, igniting neuroplasticity meditation basically so there is already a lot of neuroscientific research and you can check it out online especially in uh, anderson no, andrew huberman's podcast he has recently uh, released an episode on how non-sleep deep rest meditation and sleep actually activate neuroplasticity in the brain and that's the only time when your brain starts to make new neural connections so of course we all know that sleep is important but when you start to meditate that that adds another layer of another extra time that you give to yourself to make new neural connections and these neural connections you can use to basically become whatever you want to be and in this case it's going to be all about learning to say no and learning to accept a no then the second meditation and the third meditation is about um learning about time as a sentient being so it's not enough to know that time is sentient in order to for you to actually understand who the sentient being is we would have to introduce you to this entity mahakal and mahakali and we will get get to know them by trying to establish a connection through the practice of yoga nidra which is dream yoga I would like Nishant, who is an expert at this, to talk about that a little bit. Right. So, to put simply, though, yoga nidra means uh, the yoga of dreams, which simply put means how to continue learning even when you're in a deep state of rest, i.e., sleep, mm -hmm. and how, like, to give you an example, though. A lot of magic happens in our dream state, which we don't realize, because we're diving deep into the subconscious, where all the all great ideas come from the subconscious. Inventions. People have had breakthroughs in inventions in their dreams, like the the structure, the helical structure of the DNA, also came in the dreams mm -hmm. structure of and so many one sorry the structure of benzene which is basically the yeah. first organic uh, molecule to be understood in physical form which just goes on to show that whatever we absorb consciously we go deeper in the in the subconscious part of the brain mm -hmm. and that can be activated during sleep, before you go to sleep, as an intention. 
which allows you to extract more out of your life. So there are certain problems that uh, we can't actively deal with because we're in that restricted mind uh, frame of mind where we can't see anything that's beyond. We can't have a bird's eye view of a situation or a problem that we're dealing with, mm-hmm. which is why the phrase, let me sleep over it. Yeah. Is common parlance though. Yeah. It's nothing but let me have a dream yoga session yeah. and see. But more about that, because uh, that's a completely separate uh, uh, entity that I'm going to be teaching. Uh, that I might want to take it into much detail when we actually go and uh, mm-hmm. uh, when I actually go and teach those practices. Mm-hmm. So to put in really short, I like to use this quote that um, sometimes you can't actively find solutions to your life's problems. Mm-hmm. This is why you need to go to sleep and find what exactly is the thing that's holding you back in your path. Mm-hmm. Breakthroughs happen. If you consciously use sleep, breakthroughs happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, we sleep for, I don't know, like one third of our life is spent sleeping. Yeah. So why not tap into that one third and make enough use of that? Absolutely. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I think it's extremely fascinating. I've also learned it, uh, not as much depth as Nishant, but I have used it uh, to the degree I've learned, and even that was extremely life-changing and kind of transformed my perception of who I am for the better. So, and then uh, we are also going to look at a meditation which will help you change the speed of time as you perceive it. In English, we call it the violet wing meditation. I have not mentioned the Sanskrit mm-hmm. name here, but it has also a Kriya name. And this will help you be, uh, essentially slow down time. For example, if you have gone to bed late and you only have four hours, you can slow down time so that you go deeper into time and are able to get as much rest out of that sleep as as you would have never thought possible. And I use this uh, already. Uh, so I go deeper into time. I immerse myself through this meditation. It's only for like a maximum of five minutes. And, it, and you can also speed time up as you perceive it. So if you're going on a really long drive and you want to just, and it's not the greatest, you know, it's not on a beautiful Swiss border, but on some, <laughs> not very clean and a rather polluted uh, set of kasi, kasi colony. <laughs> then, then you might want to use this to speed time up otherwise usually we don't really want to speed time up for most other things but slowing down time is really useful especially if you want to meet deadlines oh yeah i've used that so many times yeah i've also used uh i've also used this to quicken time though to quicken yeah um, yes yeah yeah, it's extremely, extremely valuable, and we are very happy to teach it. And it's really simple, actually. Once you start to establish and understand time as a sentient being and cultivate a relationship with these beings, divine beings, uh, then it starts to become quite easy to be able to do such rather 
impossible sounding things. Now, uh, we will also learn how to stop leaking energy, which is part of being better at first. So there are two aspects to energy. One is to stop losing it and one is to start creating it. And so the first aspect is we will explain the basic concept of bandhas, which are nothing but um, gateways. Knots, yeah, gateways. Knots, yeah. gateways. Ah, okay. In English, we can call them in many ways. In Sanskrit, it's a bandha, which is like a yeah, a knot or a gateway through which you can lose energy. And uh, we lose energy from various orifices in the body that we will talk about in the course and teach you how to stop losing that energy and then the most life-changing almost if not almost the most life-changing meditation in this entire course is this one brahmacharya which is a combination of three words brahm Brahma and Charya. So Brahma is made of two words. Brahma means to vibrate at the frequency of the wings of a bumblebee. So in this case, it would be the vibration frequency of the create, like of creation itself, of the universe. And Acharya means daily. So this is nothing but the daily practice of cultivating energy, of creating energy for yourself. And this is. Uh, you can find this online, but what you find online about it is completely bullshit because it's uh, a very sexist view on brahmacharya. Uh, in fact, women are not even invited to practice this and most people believe that it's not possible for women to practice it at all. And that's not true because there are women in the Akhara, uh, in the Triloka Akhara, including me, and we do practice it. So, Anyone who wants to ask questions about this, feel free to add them in our Google form, which will be circulating in the following week. Do you want to say anything about it? Uh, no, no, I mean, I'm perfectly fine with that. I mean, the, the brahmacharya, as you pointed out, has a very one dimensional uh, perception in the masses, amongst the masses, because uh, in rather simple terms, means not. Like the perception of the word is uh, to be celebrated throughout life, mm -hmm. which is uh, absolute bollocks sometimes. It's not about being celibate, it's not about celibacy at all. Mm -hmm. But yes, we'll, we'll save that for later. It's, yeah. uh, that's a quite an intense discussion, and that's quite, and we would need a lot of time to explain exactly what that is. Mm -hmm. But to summarize it, it's not about celibacy. Yoga is all about energy and flow. And uh, sexual energy is divine here. So mm -hmm. we just don't believe in wasting it away. Which, of course, has been uh, stamped upon with the tag of celibacy. Mm -hmm. Which is the wrong, uh, which is uh, completely and utterly incorrect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now I think we're going so much in depth that the audience is probably like, what is going on? Yeah. But I hope you all are still with us. And if you find it confusing, then please send us your questions. And please also re watch this video if there were some things that you just 
missed out, which you probably would have because this was a pretty densely packed episode. Mm. And for the practices, we can actually span them. We can divide those practices. So it's easier for um, our viewers to absorb the knowledge. Mm -hmm. This is just the primer and we can branch out the, the yeah. practices. Most certainly. Yeah, so in addition to this um, energy loss prevention and energy cultivation, we have a bonus meditation, which is not what we will be teaching you, but it will be us removing the viruddha karma or the opposing or bad karma and the colloquial terminology, it's just bad karma, but it's in Sanskrit, it's called viruddha karma. And there are five types of these and we will remove these for our students. So we already removed it for us ourselves and our closed, closed relationships in our life on an everyday basis. When we meditate, both of us, we do this and our guru also does it. Uh, and we will do it for our students. So that yeah. is going to have a very direct and immediate effect and things are going to start to happen more smoothly for you. So maybe the promotion you've been looking for or the, I don't know, your relationships and things will start to flow more smoothly because uh, we are removing these Viruddha Karmas for you. Now, in order for us to teach this course, we've allotted six weeks and not six months, as it's mentioned in this flowchart here. And we're going to give access to nine different meditations, six main meditations that we've already spoken about earlier, and three free ones. So all of these meditations will be given out um, along with our coaching via direct chat access on three days of the week. Uh, actually, most of the week uh, for six weeks, and this is going and this is going to start with the trial period for a week where you have access to us and our coaching and the videos, and after that week you can decide whether you need um, access to our feedback. So the system is designed in such a way that you watch the video, uh, follow through the guided meditation, practice it and uh, report back to either me or Maharukayu, you will be assigned a specific coach, either me or him. It will not keep changing. Uh, in the whole course of six weeks, there you will have one person with you, guiding you through the meditations and giving you feedback once you have reported your experience and asked us a relevant question that will help you grow in relation to the topic of communication or honesty or time management and setting your priorities. And so after that one week, uh, if you still want to have our guidance, then you can pay for the course. And if you think you can just go ahead with the meditations yourself, then you're free. You can have the videos. For, you can just keep them. We will not retract access. And you can just practice it with the meditations. But of course, uh, it's, you know, both 
Maharuka, you and I know that uh, only through the three-step process of practicing, watching the video, practicing it, and then watching it, practicing, reporting back to us, and asking us a question that helps you grow. This three-step process is how we have grown ourselves with the guidance of our guru. And uh, if there is no feedback loop, then uh, basically you st keep starting from the same point over and over again. Because for you to move ahead and for you to grow, you need to know what customized feedback you need from the point where you are, where you as an individual are, instead of getting a generic recorded meditation video. All right. So as you saw on the flowchart, um, since we are both with full-time jobs of our own, we will not be taking more than six people so there are limited seats and we do recommend that you if you really want and if this is something that you find interesting and find relevant and valuable and found you found value in this video or this podcast episode and want to give it a shot then please do get in touch oh and we'll be sharing this pdf from this video in the himalayan Institute. holistic healing community, community on facebook yeah Mm -hmm. and for the rest of the members in the community and for making this podcast and organizing events like the one we have in Prague you want to talk about that? Yes, which, yeah. yes uh, so on the 16th of May me and Kendra Meyer are uh, joining forces in Prague for an outdoor event where we shall be one with nature and meditate together and there's a lot of learning that's up for grabs there. We shall be sharing the details with you in this coming week as well. But if you're in Prague and uh, you wish to join, please send either of us a message on either of the, the social media platforms mm -hmm. and we shall accommodate you. It's going to be for a few hours in the evening. Hopefully it's nice and sunny outside. If not, we will ensure that it's sunny. <laughs> These are magical yogic powers. <laughs> Control the weather. No. Um, we will just find a place where we will not be bombarded by rain if it starts to rain. Yeah. All right. So uh, some people have already shown interest in the events. So I'm looking forward to meeting... Um, those who have shown interest and those who are coming. Really glad to have you uh, with us in this uh, wonderful initiative that we have made for sharing our knowledge and also learning a lot uh, from you guys mm. about what you need and what you are just, you know, because we also have a full-time job and we also have work problems and we can just talk about our personal experiences of how we deal with those and how yoga can uh, inter intervene to help us call out. Indeed. All right. Thank you so much for uh, having me here on this platform. And uh, thank you for joining. The forms will be shared. The video will be shared, and the forms will follow up. And we shall be putting up um, the poster for our Prague workshop mm -hmm. in the next uh, couple of days. The event is already available on Facebook, uh, but we'll be putting it on Instagram soon today. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you're on Spotify and Apple, then please 
watch the video on YouTube because the visual graphics are on YouTube of all that we just spoke about. But if you have great visual memory from words, then you don't have to do that. Uh, and but I believe you can even share the PDFs uh, with. Oh yeah. On, I mean, I don't know if Spotify, Spotify allows us to share documents with it, but no. maybe so, a link yeah. can be posted with this document. Yeah, so those who want to see the PDF, then you can send us a message. We will send it to you. And we can also invite you to the community where the PDFs will be there. So you don't have to individually okay. send it. And the community is private, but because we want to see who's joining it. Uh, but it is open for all. So if anyone wants to join, especially the listeners of this podcast, send us a message and we will let you in and share the PDF on that platform. So yeah, like this episode on YouTube if you enjoyed it and found value and subscribe to the channel. Thanks so much. Thanks.